Yes, welcome to the sound of the start of your weekend. Not the top 20 podcasts betting show. Sponsored by Betfair, me, Ali Maxwell, him, George Alec, having a good time while making betting picks ahead of a full slate of EFL action. This podcast is about betting, therefore it's for over 18s only. And we ask that everyone listening be gamble aware. Please make sure if you're thinking of placing a bet this weekend or any time that you understand the risks that you take in doing so. Head to begambleaware.org to brush up on those risks. Hello, George. Hello, Ali. How are you? I'm okay. I'm sad that we are not side by side as we often are on a Thursday. Probably had the best week of my life. Quite a viral star this week. Did a big header, didn't I? Big old meaty header. You did. It was an incredible header as well. I can't remember seeing a header from a, a, a someone in the in the stands that seemingly gone so far. Mm. I, I was sad that we couldn't see where it ended up because it felt like it was on an upward trajectory for as long as we could see it. <laughs> I think I headed it definitely it back into the penalty box and who knows beyond that I don't know because the adulation of the Blackpool fans that I was sitting with was so intense that uh, my brain <laughs> short-circuited I've never felt adrenaline like it for those of you who haven't seen apologies Callum Connolly cleared a ball away from Leighton Orient <laughs> attack and he cleared it really high into the air probably about seven seconds of hang time and directly <laughs> onto my head in the Blackpool away end on Tuesday night. And I, 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 as soon as he kicked it, I said to my mate next to me, that's coming right to us. And I honestly felt like my entire life, every choice I've ever made, every person I've ever met, everything boiled down to that moment. And I was in that moment, I was so clear on what I had to do. It was amazing. It's so good. It's so good. I love it. I'm watching it now. Carl Anker's just tweeted it, we just retweeted it. That I, I didn't even have to leave my timeline on Twitter to watch it then. As you were talking, it just popped up yet again because people are absolutely loving it. Just so amused and humoured and delighted with the fact that every football fan, every match-going football fan in particular, is just it just means so much to them to see someone do a big header. There's 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 been a nice balance of like quite a lot of envy and jealousy but mixed with like begrudging respect. And I think that's, you know, that's humanity all over, let's be honest. The best thing anyone said was that it reminded them of a Carl Piagiani header. And that is as good as a compliment gets about a header. <laughs> so that's the form I'm coming into to this week with uh, in life. In betting, uh, less good because all of my personal picks last weekend lost. Um, my two League Two away teams both took the lead early and drew one all. However, George, a very positive weekend if you take us as a whole. That's me, that's you, and that's our combined BTTS sixfold. Yes, we did. Okay, where um, I put up Lincoln to nil, they won to nil. I put up Joe Taylor to score. He scored the first goal, capitalising on a real mix-up at the back. Um, and then our BTTS sixfold became a fivefold because the game was postponed. And five winners, correct? <laughs> so we are in clover. Yeah, two winners now in the BTTS sixfold or similar. Uh, 29 weeks we've done, two winners, one of them at 15.7, the other at 32.47. So we're in front of the eight ball for sure. I think one more winner before between now and the end of the season, we'll be able to consider uh, the addition of the BTTS sixfold, a very profitable one for the betting show. Great to get that up. And I think it was in with like 15, 20 minutes to go as well. So happy days. Uh, we go again. Fantastic work from you uh, on Lincoln. You know, you hit the post the week before with the minus one uh, and win to nil. 
when they won 1-0 uh, and then you, you got it right this time. So kudos to you. Well done for sticking to your guns there with the imps. What's your best bet this weekend? What's your nap, please? Funny you say that. Uh, my nap is Lincoln to uh, <laughs> Lincoln Giorno bet at home to Stevenage. I've just given you kudos for um, sticking to your guns. Now I'm wondering if you're just a bit unimaginative. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, it was... I mean, it's, it's kind of following the same lines where I am kind of all aboard Michael Scabala's Lincoln. And I think the most impressive display we've seen them put in under him was actually in midweek where, yes, they hosted a Shrewsbury side who are not playing particularly well, who under Paul Hurst aren't really showing themselves to be any better than the iteration beforehand. But Lincoln put in probably one of the most dominant displays we've seen a team put in against an opposition in the whole league this season. Um they limited uh, Shrewsbury to very, very little. They nearly took the lead Shrewsbury from Shane Dunkley early on. But after that, it was just one-way traffic consistently. Um, threats from Bishop, Hackett Fairchild, Taylor, Sorensen. Like, it was just consistent. Um, and they even missed a penalty as well. Um, Teddy Bishop missed a penalty just before Lassa Sorensen made it um, 3-0. So, yeah, Lincoln were, were so impressive. And again, as I continually say... Um, they were, uh, you know, they, they were able just to completely restrict the opposition to, to to very few chances at all, and that is what has impressed me so much. Obviously, Stevenage are, are a very very different proposition for them to face compared to uh, Shrewsbury, and coming to this in decent nick, having won back to back games, albeit both of those games are at home, and if there is any kind of um, issue that you can pick in Stevenage, maybe. This season, it's been their away form against the better teams in the division. You know, they've lost to all four of the top four. They were beaten by Pompey, Derby, Bolton and Barnsley. They've beaten at Blackpool. Blackpool. They've beaten uh, at Reading as well. Um, yes, they've put in some good performances as well in that time. You know, they've beaten Northampton, they've beaten Wigan, they've beaten Leighton Orient. But I think right now, going away to um, Lincoln is one of the most difficult games you can really have currently because they are so strong and their home form is so good. So... Again, this really appeals because you can take out the, the the fact that Stevenage don't score many and are very solid defensively, but Lincoln as well. This feels like a very low-scoring game. Uh, and to be getting almost even money um, about a Lincoln victory and having the nil-nil and the one-all with a, with a void bet seems like a strong way to play this. I, I'm fully on board with, with Lincoln right now. Like a, couple, a few weeks ago, they were the team I was most concerned about um, because they were showing no attacking output at all, but January's completely changed that. And I think they they... I don't necessarily think Stevenage should be favourites to win this game. I'm down in League 2 for my nap. Uh, home teams rather than away teams in League 2 this week. Uh, and it's Crew who I'm backing at 10-11, to 1.91 to beat Morecambe at home. I think this is a very generous price. Uh, Crew are in the top three. They have won seven of their 10 league games in 2024. Uh, certainly the way that we see it. They are playing at a higher level than they have done at any point earlier on in the season, even if there were comparable runs, even if there were uh, you know, a, a similar amount of wins at times before Christmas. This looks like wins predicated on uh, dominance, on high-quality attacking football, on a much more solid defensive unit uh, as the season has gone on. And even with another big injury, uh, this time to Luke Offord, who'd been playing very well at the base of midfield... They seemed fine without him beating Notts County 3-1 without any fuss last weekend. 
Uh, Osterfield and Connor Thomas, I think, are fine in those deeper midfield positions. Uh, and in front of them, you've got the youngsters, technical midfielders like Tabiner, who's back from injury, like Holacek, who's come in into the last few games and looked very tidy. Those are the sort of attacking number eights. Uh, you've got the, the wide players like Shiloh Tracy. Charlie Kirk started last week as well and is a quality player. And, and now that he's back home, he, he can hopefully sort of rebuild his confidence. And up top, you've got Nevitt in really good form. You've got Baker Richardson, who's been one of my favourite strikers in League Two for a year or two, uh, backing him up as well or, or potentially available to start here. So uh, a very good team crew with a very good mentality. Uh, and I think they're in, in great shape. Their last home game, they didn't win against Harrogate, but they took 18 shots and Harrogate took one. It was a nil all draw. Their finishing was off it that day. But I think that level of dominance could be what we see here against a Morecambe side who their away form line is strong. They drew one all at Wimbledon. Uh, I was there two weekends ago and they, they, they were second best really, but they showed really good spirit and resilience to nick an equaliser from a set-piece situation after sort of weathering a bit of a storm. But overall, like the balance of play, they were the second-best team that day. They'd won three away games in a row before then, all, all with late goals, all winning from behind. It's just the... It's, a, it's an impressive form line, but it doesn't scream sustainable to me. Uh, and they don't, they're not blessed with a ton of quality individuals. They had to rebuild half the, the team in January. Uh, and I expect Crew to have the better of the game, the majority of the chances, uh, and to win it at 10 to 11. My nap, Crew Alex, down in League Two. What's your next best? My next best is in League Two as well. I'm backing MK Dons in the early kickoff uh, to beat AFC Wimbledon at, at 9 to 5. Clearly, this is a game um, that, um, you know, a lot of people wish didn't exist. I, I, I'm not going to get into those and I'm going to treat it like any other game uh, for the purposes of this. Um, MK Don's come into it off the back of a really strong run of form. You know, as we've tweeted a few times from the Not the Top 20 account, no team in League Two has picked up more points since Mike Williamson was appointed as MK Dons manager as MK Dons have. They are absolutely flying and coming into this game. You know, I mean, the, the one weird thing about MK Dons, I'd say, under Williamson is they do throw in the odd kind of clangor. Like we've seen them get beaten 4 0 away from home against Bradford. We've seen them being beaten 3 0 away from home against Doncaster. But for the most part, they win games and they win them fairly well. Like when you consider the games that they have won last time out against Newport, they were they were very, very good. And generally, you know, when we go back to uh, mid-January, when they beat FC Wimbledon 3-1, so they've already done, you know, got one over Johnny Jackson's side already this season. For FC Wimbledon, you know, the, the season has been a mirror image of MK where they started so well and things have started to tail off a little bit. And it's, I guess it's unsurprising, like I think when you consider the, the quality that they lost in Ali Hamidi, I also think for Johnny Jackson, it should be remembered, um, you know, he should be judged on maybe pre-season ambitions rather than um, where they've fallen from. Um, and but things you know, there's no denying that they're in a, in a, in a difficult position right now. Um, when you look at the the recent results, you know they've been beaten one nil both at home to Crawley and last time out away at Donny. Um, they haven't won in four. Um, you know their home form is better than their away form, and crucially they've beaten Barrow and Mansfield at home recently. But I I think you can kind of chuck MK Dons into that group of teams right towards the top of, of League Two. Probably if you were to start the season now. MK would be right up there with, well, probably one of the favourites alongside Mansfield and Stockport. So, this is a really difficult game for them, uh, and I anticipate that that MK, sh you know, again, I'm not convinced myself that that AFC Wimbledon should be favourites for this game. So, uh, yeah, backing MK Dons at a nine to five to win it. 
And with my next best, I'm backing another of the form teams in League Two. So between us, we've got most of them locked off. Uh, Crew uh, and MK Dons and me in my next best, Walsall, to beat Doncaster at home at even money. Uh, A Walsall side that have won four in a row in the league, including their last three at home. Uh, They are uh, among, you know, right up there with Crew, basically, in terms of points accrued over the last 10, 12 games in the calendar year so far. And... I don't think it's a flash in the pan. I think that the performances are backing up the results. Uh, and that's a good sign. Since, since the turn of the year, the fourth best uh, XG ratio with Bradford, Stockport and Mansfield up in a little gang with them at the top. That's a good place to be. A really solid defence is what it's predicated on. That They do not give up many chances to their opposition. Very solid structure with a, a sort of um, 3-5-2 shape. And they create a fair amount in open play without being exceptional at at chance creation. They've done really well from set pieces. And I think both goals in their midweek win were from set pieces. Um, Matt Sadler was keen to to credit one of the coaches who who puts in a lot of work and it's it's bearing fruit. They're scoring a ton of goals from those situations. They've got quality on the ball in midfield with Earing and Hutchinson uh, starting. And I think that has helped loosen them up a little bit and make them a little bit better to watch and a little more potent going forward. And then their strikers, they've got a nice little, they've got quite a nice little group. Uh, Jamil Matt, uh, Josh Gordon, Mo Fowl, you know, they can rotate with two of those um, starting and then one of them coming off the bench. Talking of Mo Fowl, he's up against his old team, Doncaster Rovers. Now, they are unbeaten in five, uh, three wins. So they're in really good form as well. But unlike Walsall, my sense is that this is a, a run of form that's mainly down to fortune and the performances of one player, Hakeem Adelikan, rather than excellent, excellent performances and really sustainable ones. Against Sutton, against Salford, against Tranmere, I think they were pretty poor and fortunate to pick up the points that they did. Uh, last time out, it was a good 1-0 win over a, a Wimbledon team that's pretty low on confidence, as you've just discussed, and a 5-1 win at Grimsby where everything went perfectly. Uh, five goals from four shots on target sums that one up. So, in my opinion, performances are not that strong for Donny. Uh, Adelican's three goals and four assists in February, uh, astonishing numbers having joined late in the window, and I think those have papered over some cracks. Now, clearly, he's a massive threat, and Walsall will need to, to kind of be on top of that, but... I'm very confident that Walsall are the, are the much stronger team at this point in time. So getting even money at home, I'm very, very happy with. Uh, the level of performance from both teams is what makes me think this is a, an attractive price. So Walsall, my next best in League Two. Don't forget the 90-minute payout offer with the Betfair Sportsbook this season. This is the match odds 90 market, uh, any market with a 90 icon on the Betfair Sportsbook. And it means if you place a bet using that market and the team that you bet on is winning when the clock hits 90, you'll be paid out as a winner, even if they concede an equaliser. You can build Ackers with the Match Odds 90 market as well and make sure you read the T's and C's to understand. Goal scorer, please pick another one for us like Joe Taylor last week. Well, yeah, I'm sticking to the same um, idea where I'm picking a goal scorer from my next best. And I think there are a few that are quite interesting here for... Um, for MK, like I think Jack Payne's quite a big price anytime at eleven to two. Dan Kemp's playing through the middle; he's three to one. But I, the one I've I've fallen down on is uh, Joe Tomlinson, who has scored six goals already this season, despite playing as a as a left back. He was playing as a right back earlier on in the campaign, but he scored just one goal um, in twenty twenty four. So it looks like maybe you know his his output is is being 
dampened a little bit. But when you look at the shot volume that he's taking, it's absolutely absurd. Like he's he's taken thirty one shots in the calendar year. Um, so that included five last time out against Newport, four in the game before that against Wrexham, three in the two games against Swindon and Bradford prior to that. Like even though he's playing as a left back under Mike Williamson, he's getting so far forward, and getting to, getting into loads of, of shooting areas. Now the problem is is that actually the the areas he's getting into aren't particularly good shot locations. Like a lot of his 31 shots are coming from wide and from deep. But he, we know that he's someone with a very, very good left foot and who does score long range strikes. And one of the most striking things to me, it's not necessarily the XG stuff here because he's, he scored one goal from kind of 1.7-ish. So yeah, I mean, sure, he's he's underperforming a little bit, but I don't think we can say that he's, he's necessarily due for one to fly in. But it's more that of the 31 shots that he's taken, of which loads are from outside the box, 15 have been on target which seems staggering to me when you consider how ma- how many um, shots are blocked from, from outside the area. So uh, that kind of leads, lends me or, or leads me to thinking that possibly, you know, it's, he's a bit of an XG buster where, yes, these aren't great shot locations, but if you're consistently finding the target with them, then maybe there's something to this uh, a little bit. I fancy MK Dons to win the game. Um, I think he's priced up, understandably, as a fullback, when actually his his threat is a lot higher than that. So at 7-1, to one, he's my, my goal scorer pick. So when we're in the office together, three, four times a week, one thing that always happens is basically like... Singing. Earworms. Yeah, you knew what I was going <laughs> to... Uh, go with and and recently we can't get the song Houdini by Dua Lipa out of our head even though neither of us think we've ever really listened to it before or, or even heard it or really know the words to it apart from yeah. Houdini um there's there's another song that's been stuck in my head for about four months and it's Velociraptor by mm. Kasabian and that's because about four months ago Robaptor the Velociraptor started to make headway, shall we say, on loan at Tranmere Rovers. Uh, he's my goalscorer pick. Uh, they're at home to the bottom club, Sutton Tranmere, and Aptor's 4-1 to one to score any time, and I think that's absolutely delectable. Uh, for Sutton, it's their second away game of the week. Uh, they conceded three in what was, to be fair, an incredible 4-3 win, win, easy for you to say, at Notts. <laughs> Having watched the highlights, I was pretty drained after that. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're not feeling their freshest as they travel to uh, the northwest. And Apter is really quick, really sharp, really direct, and a bit like Joe Tomlinson, loves to take shots. Uh, in his last seven league games, three shots, four shots, two shots, four shots, four shots, five shots, three shots. Like Joe Tomlinson, he's not that fussed about XG probability and good locations. He just wants to work the goalkeeper, having cut inside from the right-hand side. Only Davis Keelor Dunn takes more shots per game than Apter's uh, three and a quarter per match. He scored two non-penalty goals more than any other Tranmere player in the last four months since he broke into the team. So I'm confident in saying he's their number one goal threat. They are home to the club at the bottom of the table and he's four to one to score. It absolutely leapt off the page. I'm snaffling it for my goal scorer pick. Velociraptor, he's going to find you. He's going to kill you. He's going to eat you. You're on the outskirts of his kingdom. So keep your head down. Velociraptor. Now playing Kasabian. George, long shot. <laughs> My long shot is QPR Jorno bet at Leicester at 13 to 2. Um, 
this isn't like a massive anti-Leicester thing, even though I've had a few of those recently. Um, you know, I, I do think playing 120 minutes <clears throat> on Tuesday night at a Premier League side isn't ideal prep. Having said that, I do think probably Abdul Fatabu putting one in, in the top corner and sending Leicester to the last eight of the FA Cup can't be a bad way to bounce back from a, a 3-1 defeat in which they played very well at Ellen Road last Friday night. So, you know, there is obviously like a caveat here that this is a massive game for Leicester. One of two things would have happened in the run-up to this game. Either Leeds will have beaten Huddersfield and when Leicester kick off, they will know that there are only three points clear of, of Leeds um, needing points to, to kind of replenish that, that lead. Or Leeds drop points and Leicester know that they've got an opportunity to right the wrongs of, of Friday night. But QPR are just a way more difficult proposition and a really tricky opponent for them to have um, than it looks on paper. Firstly, in the reverse of this game, Leicester only got past QPR away from home thanks to an unbelievable strike from Harry Winks at a time where QPR were not playing well under Gareth Ainsworth. You know, they they defended very valiantly. They they didn't allow Leicester too much uh, in the way of opportunities. And it was only a moment of of real quality from a player who's got a lot of, well, got a few England caps that, that won it. Since then, QPR have been a totally different side under Marty Sifuentes. And if you take, if you look at the kind of XG ratio stuff since January the 1st, QPR are in positive, And that puts them, I think, seventh in, in the league for XG ratio. Like they are, and, and the, the crux of that and the reason for that is their expected goals against, which is incredibly strong. Like they are set up so well to defend and so well to prevent the opposition from creating chances. And as such, even if Leicester are to win this game, I can see it being a really low-scoring affair, with Leicester's defensive record also obviously very good and, and QPR maybe not quite having the, the tools at their disposal to cause, cause them too many issues. Although, the fact that Ilias Chair still seems to be available for QPR does uh, help their cause massively. So from where I'm sitting, this is a game between two sides where the home team clearly have a, a much better chance of winning, clearly have way better players. But I think the there's a fair chance that one or two goals or no goals are scored in this game. And therefore, being able to take one of the sides who, you know, the the, the underlying numbers have as a top 10 team in the league over the last seven or eight weeks and being able to have them on side at 13-2 taking out the draw seems a, a wise way to play this with a draw being a, a massive runner. Yeah, I'm excited about mine. Uh, Macaulay Langstaff of Notts County to score two goals or more at 12-1 to one. And we have to have a small quarter point tickle on the hat trick at 90 to 1 as well. So, Knotts are away at Bradford, and because of Knotts' absurdly poor form and they're uh, dropping down the table and Bradford's strong underlying numbers, Knotts are a very long price to win the game. And that's completely understandable. Uh, they are in a tailspin, they're not very strong away from home in terms of results. But if there's one thing anyone that sees Knotts knows, is that it's their defence that's a shambles. They have no problems creating chances and scoring goals, even in defeat in midweek against Sutton, a 4-3 defeat, you know, with Crowley scoring two, Langstaff scored a penalty. Uh, and that's something that's caught my eye because he was famously uh, scoring over 40 league goals in the National League last season without being on pens. But clearly he's now uh, the man to take pens for Notts County. It was his anytime price that caught my eye first, 21-10, to 10, just better than 2-1 to 1 for the top scorer in the whole country. For a guy that has uh, scored in 15 of 34 league games so far this season, so 44% uh, of games this season, the anytime has landed. 
because of the longer than usual anytime price, we've got a much longer than usual price for multiple goals, for two goals or more, 12 to 1. And that's really exciting to me because Langstaff is a guy who gets quite a lot of chances. He misses plenty. He seems like the kind of guy that once he gets one, the confidence grows and with that, better finishing, better execution. And it's backed up in the numbers as well. This season, Langstaff has scored two or more in seven of 34. So that's 20% or just better than 20% of his matches. One in five, he has scored a brace or better. He's got one hat-trick as well. The 12 to 1 suggests basically an 8% chance of him scoring a brace. And I just don't think that is backed up by his form this season. Certainly not last where he scored a brace in 12 or two or more in 12 of 46. So although Notts are in, a, you know, in such poor shape, the fact that he's on pens, the fact that they do create chances for him. And if he just has a good day in front of goal, he can easily have enough chances created for him to score two goals. And we know that he's got that in him. Um, he scored two hat-tricks last season and one this season. So the hat-trick has copped three times uh, in the last 80 league starts. I think we have to have a quarter of the point on the 90-1 to one as well. So three quarters of a point. McCauley Langstaff, two goals or more at 12-1 to one, and a quarter of a point on the hat-trick at 90-1. to one. George, let's go. BTTS, six-fold, your three picks, starting with one in the champ. Yeah, Rotherham, Sheffield Wednesday, big game between two sides, not separated by many miles, um, albeit Rotherham's uh, quest for survival, surely. I mean, I guess they will still believe that they can do it. And I think there have been some really promising signs for them recently. I think certainly from an attacking standpoint, um, they look a far better team under Liam Richardson than we saw previously. They've scored in three of their last four games, uh, albeit all of them in defeats, but... That shows um, a much better attacking output. They scored against the um, good uh, defensive side QPR, as I mentioned, a second ago, and scored three at Ipswich. So they're definitely a side who I think are, are able to, to hurt Wednesday, but we know that Wednesday themselves under Danny Royal are a pretty slick attacking side. So you know this is priced up as if it's between two poor sides from, a, from an attacking point of view, but I think they are better than that. Uh, Leighton Orient, Bristol Rovers. Um, next up, Bristol Rovers, generally a good team to follow for BTTS. Uh, Orient will fancy their chances at home and at a short price to win this game, especially given their recent form. But it's, you know, I, I struggle to see um, Gas not being able to at least offer something going forward with the aforementioned Chris Martin in, in very good form. And finally, Tranmere Sutton. You know, you've spoken about Tranmere. Um, I think Sutton look way better from an attacking uh, point of view than they have done basically at any other time over the course of the season. Both Colchester and Notts County found that out. They've got four points from the last two. They created loads of opportunities within both. Uh, but Tranmere, we know, are a very, very strong team at home. Last time at home, they, they scored four against Stockport and they shouldn't have too many uh, trouble, too much trouble causing issues for Sutton. So Rotherham, Sheffield Wednesday, Leighton Orient, Bristol Rovers and Tranmere, Sutton are my three. One from each league. Mm, that's neat. Uh, I've got a Barnsley game, obviously. Uh, 1.6 away at Wickham. BTTS, yes, has landed in 14 of Barnsley's last 15 league games. And it's been a very uh, pleasant aspect of our BTTS picks over the last couple of months. But Wickham, for their part, I feel like they've really opened up. They've, they play a much more attacking style in the last couple of months. BTTS has landed in seven of their last 11. They're in fine form in midweek. Absolutely hammering uh, great friends of the betting show, Cheltenham Town. Uh, battering them, really, albeit they didn't score till late. The, the shot count was very high. I think Wickham and Barnsley will go BTTS in League One. I also think the same for Carlisle against Reading. For Carlisle, having lost eight in a row, they finally got a win in midweek. A glimmer 
Only that, a glimmer of hope for them. But they have to beat Reading, uh, who are the team just above the relegation zone, 13 points ahead of Carlisle now. That's because they've been deducted two more points this week, Reading, to take them uh, three points above Cheltenham, who are in the top relegation spot. It's a massive, massive game. Carlisle will attack. They have to attack. They have to go for it. Reading have proven themselves to be a pretty good attacking team over the last few weeks. So uh, I quite like BTTS in that one at 1.73. And then Swindon Harrogate, 1.65. I mean, Harrogate, who famously recently had a 9-2. Even the 0-0 I referenced earlier against Crewe, you know, it was just through the... The, the, the luck of poor finishing from crew that they didn't concede. Uh, 4-1 in midweek, they lost to, to Newport. they th- Their high performance level has completely fallen off a cliff. Um, but Swindon themselves, I, I never trust defensively. They are working a little bit harder on that front. Gavin Gunning seems to be prioritising the defensive side of the game a bit more. But even so, uh, I think both teams are, are better going forward than they are defensively BTTS in Swindon Harrogate. So at just better than 24 to 1, the price 25.43 with the Betfair Sportsbook. The sixfold is Rotherham Sheffield Wednesday, Wickham Barnsley, Carlisle Reading, Leighton Orient Bristol Rovers, uh, Swindon Harrogate and Tramier v Sutton. George, you know what I'm going to ask. Well, I run you through my selections. That would be nice. Yes, of course. <clears throat> my nap is uh, Lincoln, Jorno, better home to Stevenage at 19 to 20. Uh, my next best is AFC Wimbledon to get beaten by MK Dons at 9 to 5. Same game, uh, Joe Tomlinson, the MK Dons left wing back at 7 to 1 to score any time. And uh, QPR, Jorno, better 13 to 2 away at Leicester is my long shot. For me, it's crew. Uh, 10 to 11, 1.91 to beat Morecambe. That's my nap this weekend in League Two. Walsall, even money. Home to Donny, my next best. My goal scorer is Rob Apter of Tranmere. 4 to 1 to score at home to Sutton. And my long shot, Macaulay Langstaff. Two goals or more at 12 to 1 with the Betfair Sportsbook. And a quarter of a point on the hat trick at 90 to 1. The BTTS sixfold at 25.43 is uh, Rotherham and Sheffield Wednesday. It's Carlisle and Reading, it's Wickham and Barnsley, it's Leighton Orient and Bristol Rovers, Tranmere Sutton and Swindon against Harrogate finishes finishes us off. Uh, what fun, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the show this week. Let us know what you think on Twitter at NTT20Pod. Massive thanks to Betfair for supporting us now deep into the third season of our uh, partnership. Uh, thank you for listening. Have a great weekend. Go out. Well.